0: what's up what's up what's up snap survivors this is Tasha Pierce and you are now back at after the snap a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos iconic snap um, so hey how's everybody doing today hope everybody is doing pretty good um, I'm recording this on election day so if we uh, if we voted and we voted with our conscience you have nothing to worry about uh, Today, what we're going to be discussing for the big topic of the episode is who wore it better. And by it, we're talking about the cowl, Batman's cowl, who wore that cowl better. But before we get into uh, that, we're going to talk a little bit of Marvel business and we're going to get that out of the way. Um, The art of the movie. That is the Avengers Infinity War concept art book that is showcasing uh, different looks for our favorite heroes. The book is released today, Election Day, so I can't wait to get my fingers on that, get my hands on it. And uh, maybe in a future episode, we'll talk about what I liked the most in that, uh, in that book. And then we will also know that we are uh, a month now out of the comic book series, that is going to be revolving around Killmonger. It's going to actually give uh, give his uh, backstory a little body, uh, talk about uh, him from the point of his graduation from MIT until he became the character that we met in Black Panther. So that should be coming out December the 6th, unless they have changed the, uh, the drop dates for that. So we'll be looking for that and maybe have a lengthy discussion on Killmonger yeah I was just perusing things through the internet today and I saw that Marvel's unreleased fantastic Four film is on YouTube so I'm gonna be taking a look at that uh, later and hopefully you will too so that when uh, when I do discuss that you'll be up on what's going on and maybe we can uh we can lament over that together because from what I'm understanding, it's as big a mess as everything else that was surrounding the uh, Fantastic Four, and it was unfortunate that the Fantastic Four got such poor treatment early on, but I got a feeling that that's going to be rectified in the MCU. We also learned this week that Marvel's, uh, Marvel actually ended a 16-month streak of releasing content on TV or the big screen. So on TV and the big screen, we've had them for 16 months straight, and then now suddenly stopped. That doesn't mean we're not getting them in other mediums, though, because uh, Wolverine, The Lost Trail, the podcast, has gotten a second season. So, yeah, we'll get a second season of Marvel scripted podcast, Wolverine. This one will be called The Last Night. It's going to be released in the winter of next year. It's going to be exclusively available on Stitcher. One other thing that I noticed in other mediums, um, you can purchase high-resolution stills of popular moments in from the MCU. And I saw a couple of them on the website, and they look phenomenal. Uh, there was a Black Panther one that I had my eye on. They run from about... to $495. So you're not getting them for cheap. But I do believe that that uh, $199 one was uh, 11 by 14. So it's not a small by any stroke of the imagination, but they are very, very uh, nice looking stills. And if you have a special place in your home for your MCU memorabilia, That would be a perfect place to put one of those stills. Before I go into my last piece of Marvel uh, business, I would like to ask everyone to uh, head over to iTunes and give me a five-star review on uh, the Apple Podcast app. I will actually, uh, I need to move up in the ranks, and I also need comments to let me know what I can do better as far as the show is concerned. I'm gonna thank you in advance for doing that for me. I really appreciate it. And it's gonna do a whole lot as far as making the show grow. Okay, the last little bit of Marvel business is, I guess it's a theory. So it's basically a theory uh, that I got when I was watching the uh, New Rock Stars. On YouTube and that's a they are an excellent they do a lot of breakdowns it's an excellent YouTube channel for people who are comic book heads or movie heads in general because they also cover uh, the DCEU they cover some of the bigger horror films any big movie that's coming out new rock stars is gonna have some type of content about it and um, I'm subscribed to their channel because I really do enjoy their content but their video that I watched uh, earlier today was concerning the quantum realm and the descriptions that we get of the quantum realm because if we remember when Doctor Strange was uh, hurtling through all these different multiverses after uh, the Ancient One opened his third eye and pushed him out of his body basically um, we noticed that he was going through all these different dimensions and some of them looked uh pretty scary to to say the least and then others looked, you know a little bit more benign well we're to understand that one of those dimensions that he floated past and he kind of paused at was the quantum realm as he was pausing at that very area the ancient one was saying that some of these universes are benevolent and life-giving. So we're asking ourselves is, is the ancient one alluding to the fact that we don't have anything to worry about in the quantum realm. Um, as we watched Ant-Man we noticed that there was a, a city kind of tucked away in the back of the, the quantum realm and when we think of Janet Van Dyne when she spoke of the quantum realm she was speaking of uh, Actually, not just uh, changing, but evolving. So, does the quantum realm allow a person who has entered it to evolve, to to reach a different state? Do, do they change at the genetic level? Does their DNA shift? Do they mutate? Because that last word is the word that is uh, the most important in this theory because the word mutate leads you back to mutant, and uh, we know that mutants uh, carry a different strand in their DNA, a different strand in uh, in their genetic code. And is this could this be the way that Marvel introduces uh, mutants into the MCU? Another thing that was was noted was that Ant-Man entered the Quantum Realm prior to Thanos' snap in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay, so when he entered, we noticed that there were gold specks floating around him. And then uh, Thanos' snap happens, but Ant-Man is unaware of it. Suddenly, the Quantum Realm is full of these gold specks and then he collects them because they're the healing particles that are in the the uh the quantum realm so he's collecting them so now we have to wonder if those gold flecks represent the souls of people who were affected uh by thanos snaps by thanos snap as in being dusted so the people that got dusted did their souls enter the quantum realm? At which time, Ant-Man collected a whole cup of soul, I guess you could say. He got a whole cup of soul that he uh collected as far as it being healing particles. So, is that the direction that Marvel is taking in uh introducing mutants into the MCU? Could those people who return after The snap is undone in in whatever way that it ends up being undone. Could the people who return have had that mutant gene in this latent within them activated just by going through that experience? And then, does that will that then uh, lead us to seeing more mutants on Earth? We know that all these movies are connected. Um, it's been said a million times. It's all connected that that one movie, a throwaway line, would mean an awful lot more in another movie. So that might have been, it felt like a throwaway line at the most. It's that the uh, area of the multiverse that Doctor Strange was in was benevolent and life-giving. That was a throwaway line at the time, but now it's coming to mean... A, awful lot more and i can't wait to see if it does play a part in the upcoming avengers 4 movie all right with business out of the way now let's get into it we're going to talk about the cow uh who wore it better and i i guess what we will do we will make some uh stipulations and the stipulations is we're going to talk about big screen adaptations only we're going to talk about live action only because I believe in animation it it might be universally agreed I'm not a 100% sure but I know in my book Kevin Conroy is Batman uh, as far as animation goes so because I didn't feel like there was a big competition I uh I didn't include animation because Will Arnett and in, uh, in the Lego Movie was a good Batman, but if if those are the two standouts in the animation department, I think Kevin Conroy wins hands down. And you can tell me why you don't agree at uh, after the snap at gmail.com. With that being said let's talk a little bit about the big screen adaptations of batman and but and, and even though adam west because that's where it all starts of course even though adam west was best known for the tv character that he played as batman he actually did make it to the big screen and as uh, playing the cape cape crusader so we start with adam west and of course It all ends with uh, Ben Affleck, who played the latest iteration of uh, the Batman. In between, in between, we had some performances, and um, yeah, let's just jump right into, we'll start with Adam West. Adam West's Batman was okay, he was jokey, funny, campy, because that was the, the era of Batman uh, that we were in, they they were trying to introduce him to uh, television, and they wanted to reach all kinds of audiences. So they needed to keep Batman kind of light, and um, they honestly didn't think that the the series would work. They were wrong. Uh, Adam West. Played Batman Bruce Wayne pretty well. He, uh, a- as far as what was asked of him, and what was asked of him to, was to play the part seriously, even though it was uh, comedically written. You know, a lot of fans uh, of Batman during the time, the the nineteen, I believe it was nineteen sixty six and ni- through nineteen sixty eight, that West played Batman the Batman fans at the time were pretty pissed off because they felt like, uh, he was ruining the character, but in all honesty, he was introducing the character to younger, to a younger generation of, uh, of comic book lovers, of people, of children who would grow up to be people like me, like, uh um, of course I wasn't born in 66 But the reruns continued to play All through my childhood And here I am now in my 40s And I'm, I'm still talking about comic books I'm still talking about Batman And although uh, There have been Better portrayals I guess of the character In a serious sense As far as Batman is concerned The first thought that comes to my mind is Adam West So uh Adam West, uh, of course, passed away last year, and in my mind, Batman had died. Just for a moment, just you know, Batman passed away. So, uh, I appreciate what Adam West did with the character. It uh, definitely opened me up to the possibilities of uh, enjoying the comic books, the comic book world, and understanding it. Because the show was not... It was not a uh, serious and over the top. It was dumbed down. Even a kid could understand it. And even as a kid, I used to ask myself... Well, why do they just catch Batman and leave him alive? Why don't they take his utility belt and put it someplace completely different? Because he would always figure out a way. And we knew that, okay, the, the show was ending... And Batman and Robin look like they're in big trouble. But by tomorrow when the show starts again uh batman will have figured a way out of this whole thing so thank you adam west and if you didn't like the adam west adaptation you likely were not around in the 70s when 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 i was uh, a little kid and uh it didn't doesn't mean as much maybe now in the now because you guys get such serious adaptations of batman So, as I said, that series, it ended in 1968, and we did not see Batman on the big screen again for over 20 years. Wow. So, by the time we get to uh, the 20 plus years that uh, that happened between Adam West's Batman and our next iteration of Batman... I was a teenager. I was ready for something a little more serious. So, so what we got in 1989's Batman was Michael Keaton. Now, in Michael Keaton's Batman, that time, we knew him, uh, Michael Keaton, as being kind of a comedy actor. uh, An actor in comedies. We did not ever see him do anything serious. So... When Michael Keaton was announced as the next Batman, a lot of people were upset. The diehard diehards were super upset because they felt like they were gonna get Adam West all over again. I think something like 50,000 letters were sent to uh, Warner Brothers, just like, you guys are getting this wrong, you know. So, uh, Michael Keaton, still can remained in the role and we got the Tim Burton adaptation of Batman and let me tell you for everybody who was all upset and up in arms we might have gotten what is arguably one of the best portrayals of the Batman ever Uh, and, and that's who we're talking about. We're talking about the Batman, not so much Bruce Wayne, even though they're the same, two sides of the same coin. It's agreed that Michael Keaton could have been a better Bruce Wayne because uh, his Bruce Wayne was kind of insecure and a little self-conscious. and uh, But his Batman was very assured and spot on. His Batman was spot on. So... Uh, That was one of the issues. And as a matter of fact, I would say, given the time, because this was 1989, the only issue with Michael Keaton's portrayal of the Cape Crusader was his take on Bruce Wayne. For the time, the period that we were in, his Batman was spot on. The costume was spot on. The Batmobile was spot on. The movie was great. We got uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker. I'm not going to Joker you to death because uh, that's going to be another episode, of course, where we'll talk about the the Jokers. But as far as Batman is concerned, he, Michael Keaton, may have turned in one of the best performances uh, ever. Uh, he did so well with it in 1989 that he suited up again for batman returns in 1992 and that was also a pretty good reception for that movie so the michael keaton adaptation it changed the way we saw batman and um in a good way it it, you know it, it allowed us to take the character seriously as seriously as we took him in the comic books. Uh, Again, Adam West for the time period that we were in, and maybe I'm only saying this because I was a child when Adam West portrayed Batman, but for the time period we were in, that was great. But by 1989 through uh, 1992, we wanted to see uh, the Cape Crusader uh, be be shown, his serious side shown to know why he struck fear in the minds of criminals throughout gotham city so we got that with michael keaton um and in 1995 we got our next batman the uh the uh mantle was handed over to val kilmer and in a uh, val kilmer allegedly he accepted the role he didn't even uh see the script and he didn't even know who was directing he, that's how much he knew he wanted to play batman and as far as the face he had the face for batman very handsome uh, but apparently he was a, a nightmare to work with on set and it could possibly have been just the director who was uh, let me see what was his name Uh, The director was Joel Schumacher. Schumacher. Well, when he and Kilmer got together, it was like oil and water. They did not get along. Um, And Val Kilmer obviously uh, couldn't work with just anybody. So maybe it would have been a good idea to find out. Who was going to be the director before he, uh, before he signed on for the film? As it stands, he did not have a good turn of the for the case for the Cape Crusader. Um, he just he was he didn't even film the, the next movie. He uh, he left the franchise after the 1995 movie. So bye bye Val Kilmer. So we don't even have to seriously consider him for who wore the cowl better because he didn't wear the cowl long at all. And when he did, he kind of was a jerk about it. So moving forward, we go to the next iteration, who was George Clooney. Now, now, as we talk about uh, Playboy good looks back in in uh, 1997, when when uh, this movie was filmed, George Clooney was was hot. <laughs> I don't know about you know. Not saying that he isn't now because you know it's not like we are uh, so far removed. George Clooney is still a very good looking man. But this was prime George Clooney. This was before the success of Hollywood and everything. We were getting a look at the next. Best thing uh, in in a uh, male actors, and he definitely was a good looking uh, Batman, and that's about it. <laughs> that's about it. He was very good looking, but he sucked. Yes, he sucked. He was very, very, uh, very just. Oh, you could just forget him, that he even ever played Batman. That's how bad it was. Man, was it wasn't enough that he sucked. His acting sucked. They put him in this costume that had these flipping uh, nipples on him, and why? <laughs> why? So yeah, George Clooney himself said, you know, that the movie was a waste of money, and when your leading actor is saying that your movie was a waste of money, then you know that that pretty much sums up how bad that movie really was. And then things got quiet. Things got quiet on the the Batman front. We didn't hear any rumblings about another Batman movie until Christopher Nolan got the reins. And when Christopher Nolan took the reins of this Batman franchise, you know we felt like uh, an, a new wind was blowing. It was we were getting something different, and we did. We got Christian Bale. Christian Bale portrayed ba- Batman nearly, I believe it was eight years. We got to see Christian Bale as Batman eight years after the George uh, Clooney fiasco. So, uh, it was time. And were we ready? I can't say we were. Because the Batman movie still had a little bit of the uh, cartoon edge. I guess it was more light. It, it was more serious than your Adam West adaptations, but never, ever as serious as we got with the Nolan uh, trilogy of movies. So we got Batman Begins. And, you know, we were actually following a, a Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne and his... Uh, origin basically the origin of Batman and let me tell you uh, when I was saying that we were separating the Christian I mean the I'm sorry the Bruce Wayne from the Batman because Christian Bale nailed Bruce Wayne he had it he played Bruce Wayne with the type of swagger that you would expect from the billionaire playboy, he uh, he kind of was a an, an aloof, kind of hard to pin down because of his exploits. He was always jet setting. He he was Bruce Wayne. If you did not believe uh, that Bruce Wayne, if you didn't know that Bruce Wayne didn't exist, and somebody introduced you to him as Bruce Wayne, you would believe it. Um. Then we go into uh, The Dark Knight. And The Dark Knight to me is, could arguably be the best Batman movie that was ever put on screen. Um, the writing was there, the direction was there, the acting was there, the, su- the supporting actors, the supporting cast, and I could easily get into Heath Ledger right now, but his over the top, performance of joker you know if that's what you have to bounce off of as batman then you've already got a pretty good starting point if if you have to bounce off of that that is actually um he did you a big service he's gonna make your acting look that much better so uh christian bell uh was actually gifted the best ensemble that you could have had for a Batman movie. Uh, A-list direction from Christopher Nolan. The writing team did an excellent job with the script. The costumers, the set pieces, everything was just so A-plus that uh, Christian Bale, all he really had to do was show up. So. He was gifted the easiest uh, adaptation of Batman because he had such greatness surrounding him, directing him, showing him what moves to make. Uh, it, it would have been hard for him to mess that that up. And he didn't. In fact, the biggest complaint we get about uh, Christian Bale is the voice. The voice, the Batman voice. He, he kind of was like, I'm Batman he sounded like uh (laughs) he sounded like he was doing prank calls that's that's the voice that he had and nobody liked it but he continued to do it because that was his vision of what batman sounded like and you know it it uh it played well when we got to the dark knight rises because then you had uh you had uh tom hardy playing bell and he kind of had his distinct inflections with his voice and that sort of thing so those two voices kind of wow that made it for a heck of a movie but anyway the dark knight rises was an excellent movie as well uh still christopher nolan directed christian bell at this point uh turned in one of the most memorable adaptations of batman he um Of course, like I said, he was gifted by being in this time period with the ensemble that was around him. Christian Bale got handed the golden uh, Batman cowl. He could not have done too terribly with what he had around him. And then we got Ben Affleck. Now, what I failed to mention about most of the other uh, iterations of Batman let me excuse me let me take a little drink here what I failed to mention is that you know while they were all good looking guys for the most part their stature was not uh was not reminiscent to the Batman when you picture him in the comics and in your own mind You picture Batman as being a kind of a tall, big guy, you know. And then we got Ben Affleck here, and I believe we got Ben Affleck 10 years too late. Because he has the size, Ben Affleck is 6'4". Ben Affleck beefed up, he was already a beefcake. Then he beefed up even more to where his body was like, I think they say it was something like, bulked up 70 pounds of muscle just muscle on his body he physically embodied the Batman um and he played the Batman in uh, Batman vs Superman he played him in a cameo on Suicide Squad and then we got him in Justice League and I say 10 years too late because uh ben affleck is probably 45 years old and no that's not uh old in in superhero terms but it is old in batman terms because batman is a physical character his uh he he does a lot with his body he's a martial artist he uh is floating through the sky he's climbing walls he's doing he's doing an awful lot with his body and to just get 45 year old ben affleck we know we already know at this point that we're not going to have him for 10 to 15 years doing batman stuff so i feel like if we would have got ben affleck 10 years ago he could have uh carried he could have carried the dceu but we got him now and again he looks great as batman he may have been a victim like the reverse Christian Bale. He may have been a victim of the director the director, and the writing and also the studio. It's all the studio's fault. You know, and I, I think I talked about this in uh, prior episodes where, you know, they were in such a rush to get this movie done. and You had uh, Zack Snyder who... Uh, had his own vision of what he wanted to see, how he wanted to see things go with Justice League, and uh, it just it just didn't turn out well. Uh, fans didn't like it universally, and the critics hated it. So, and I mean, Batman vs Superman, and Justice League, and Suicide Squad, all of those movies were like. The, you know fans are gonna go see these movies no matter what that's where Warner Brothers they know they're gonna get that their loyal fan base they know they're gonna get but then when you have the critics influencing people who would have otherwise gone to see this movie and they're saying don't go see this movie because this 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 and this well then you're losing out and then we uh we we, tr- we start to blame that on the actor and honestly, it's not Ben Affleck's fault that all of those things happened with this movie. Ben Affleck is Ben Affleck is not a bad Batman. He looks like Batman. He had the Batman character down. What I don't like is that they had him out there killing people and branding people and all of this stuff stuff that we did not see the Batman do. But that's neither here nor there because again, not Ben Affleck's fault. He acted uh, accordingly with what he was presented. So, he is the last of our live-action Batmans. He was not universally well-received. There were protest letters saying, hey, we don't want this guy to be Batman, and yet he came out, and just like Michael Keaton, all those years before him, he did a good job with what he was given. The difference between the Michael Keaton and the Ben Affleck is Michael Keaton was handcuffed by the era that his movie came out in. Ben Affleck uh, had, the, the, the era that he's in, the movie could have been 10 times better than what it was. So, as it stands, The question was, from the beginning, who wore it better? Who wore the cowl better? And I'm going to answer this question very, very, very uh, controversially. And I'm going to say Ben Affleck wore the cowl better. Who was the better Batman of the three if I had to rank the Batman? Just that, I'm going Keaton, Bell, Affleck. I'm not even adding those other guys in. Michael Keaton, because I continuously say the era that he was in, perfect Batman, perfect. We can move his acting into the Christian Bale spot if we took that same Michael Keaton and put him there he's a better Batman not a better Bruce Wayne (laughs) but a better Batman than than Christian Bale and conversely uh, we could put Ben Affleck in any of their spots and he looks the part of Batman But who nailed the character? Michael Keaton. Second is Christian Bale. Third is Affleck. And he's only because he was stymied by what he had as directors and uh, writing and, and the such. Things that were completely out of his control. It had nothing to do with Ben Affleck or his acting. But, uh, or, the, you know, where are they going from, from now, five years from now, or what they're going to do five years ago, right in the here and now, he did capture the look of Batman. So he wore the cowl better, but the better Batman to me was Michael Keaton. And what about you? What do you think? Who was the better Batman and who wore the cowl better? You know, uh, it's just like saying a, a woman with a dress. You've got two women with the same dress on. Who wore it better? Okay, who wore this dress better doesn't make her the better woman. It just means that she looked better in this dress. And to me, as far as the look of Batman, if I could put Ben Affleck in all the iterations of Batman, I think the franchise would be better for it because he does look the part. So um, if you agree with me, I'd love to hear it. If you disagree, I'd be even more interested in knowing why. Uh, I appreciate the listenership. I've got a couple of people actually listening now, uh, (laughs) which is pretty funny. Um, Because like I said, it's just a couple. I'm like, I'm actually really just talking to myself and you. You know who you are. So Hopefully, this audience grows and uh, we can help that if you go over to Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever we're calling it these days, and give me a five star review. You can leave a message and tell me, uh, leave a comment and tell me what you think I could do better. Um, You can email me at afterthesnap at gmail.com. If you really want to get into the nitty-gritty of what I can do better or giving me your opinions on how you feel about the Batman issues or any issues that I've brought up through uh, throughout the, sto- the, the show today, I would be more than happy to hear and possibly read on a future episode. And uh, outside of that, I guess it's time to wrap things up. I'm not going to say anything about people, more new people coming onto the, uh, the campsite because you already know we're a growing community. So uh, tell a friend, let everybody know. If you, if you know people who are interested in this type of content, tell them about me. And uh, again, I'll be very, very, very grateful for uh, all five-star reviews on, on, uh, on the uh, Apple Podcast page. With all of that being said, thank you very much for listening to this week. I will catch you next week on Friday. And until then, keep it light. I'll catch you on the flip.